Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Multiversity Manga Club. I'm your host, Emily, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, as always, uh, Zach and Walter. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Doing all right. Doing all right? Yep. What Zach said. <laughs> well, we... Uh, there's there's been uh, some developments, some pretty big developments in our lives the past month or so. Um, most recently, last uh, month plus, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, uh, last month uh, we alluded to something big happening, but we didn't really clarify what that was. Uh, but uh, Walter and I uh, got married, so uh, it's true. Kind of putting it to each other. Yeah, yeah. Just, just coincidentally. Yeah. yeah, we didn't. I guess we got we got to smooth out any ambiguity. Yeah. So in case anyone was like wondering why I'm saying things like "Oh, Walter and I talked about this earlier," or "You were in the other room," well, uh, surprise, uh, we live together. So <laughs> we we haven't we haven't like been very I don't, talkative about our personal lives. No, we're bad podcast hosts for that. But then we're good I, podcast hosts because we, we don't talk about too much. So it balances out. Well, I would maybe leave it to the listeners to decide if we're good podcasters, but yeah, no, we don't want to decide. <laughs> Manga Club listeners, write in and tell us how much of our personal lives you want us to share, and we will address the question. Yeah. And what, what what kind of details you want to hear? Um, daily yeah. schedule, stuff yeah. like that. I, I just like to think I'm self-aware enough to know that I don't think people want to just hear about what I ate today and what TV show episode I watched last, you know, so I'm not particularly like, you know, a radio personality or anything. So. Say that now. I say that now. Yes. Pretty sure it will stay that way. (laughs) Walter also, I'm just going to speak for him now. He also passed the bar. So he's also a married lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very glad I don't have to take that again. That's more, I'm more relieved about not having to take the bar exam again than I am about, than I am excited about being a lawyer. Because there's nothing really exciting about that. Hmm. I guess not. Not right now, anyway. I mean, all the like courtroom battles, right? All the times you get to like point your finger and yell objection. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not actually like Phoenix Wright. What? It is, I, if I had known, if I had known, I would have never gone to law school. <laughs> I even got the haircut and everything. Oh, man, you would get like a very blue suit. I do have a very and, blue suit, actually. And a pink tie. Pink tie. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget. And you got to make your eyebrows really squiggly, too. They're like that naturally. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I mean, Phoenix Wright's eyebrows are pretty intense. I suppose you're right. Yeah. How's everything been going with you, Zach? Oh, oh, just adulthood, you know? Adulthood. It It really does. No time. Yeah. Yeah. No time to read all the manga we want. Somehow you make time. True. Yeah, adulthood is a lot of filling out forms and... uh, forms. Forms and uh, waiting on the phone to talk to people on helplines, I've found. Yeah. That's checking great. your email. Uh, yes, multiple times a day. Checking Twitter. Well, I guess that's not really being an adult. No. Oh, come on now. That's like the millennial yes. way. I suppose you're right. 
All right. Well, are you guys ready to jump into this month's series? Uh, Speak now or forever hold your peace. No, no more interesting things to tell everybody. No more interesting things. I'm ready to go to hell yeah. world. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah, it actually, it, uh, Berserk was actually a pretty good pick for uh, October for like the month of Halloween. I didn't even think about that when I when I picked it, but I thought about it just now, and I'm like, man, that especially that last volume that was pretty uh, pretty freaky. Like, I feel oh, like you could base man. a haunted house on that or something. Um, but yeah, so uh, Berserk by Kentaro Miro was um, uh, our pick for this month. It was actually my pick because now we're doing a um, thing where each of the hosts uh, every month picks um, a series to read and then we just we just switch off on and off in order. Um, Tell me a bit how the magic is made. Yeah, it's very complicated. <laughs> Definitely not something we came up with after an episode and... Very carefully plotted out. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so we read the first three volumes of uh, Berserk, which uh, I would imagine doesn't really need that much of an introduction if you're relatively familiar with manga. Um, It's a very uh, well-known, long-running series. um, Started in 1989 and continues to this day, like many manga series. (laughs) Like me. I I also started in 1989. And you do continue to this day. Yes, just like Berserk. That's one of the first things that we'll find out that I haven't called <laughs> Berserk today. Well, I happen to be one year older than Berserk. Just one more little piece of cool personal information for you. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all coming I know. out. <laughs> uh... <laughs> we're, we're comfortable with you listeners now. We, well, we feel we can share these things with you. Yeah. Well, are there over 350 chapters in your life story, Zach? Because that's how many there are. <laughs> And do those things happen spaced out uh, very far over time? Um, uh, Probably. There have been... uh, (laughs) My life has also been adapted into (laughs) anime series and movies, so... um, And a video game. And a video game, yeah, you're right. Where I just just run around and and hit everything. Everything (laughs) goes flying. Oh, yeah, man. with a big sword. For sure. <laughs> God, where was I? I was trying to do. I was trying to describe it in a formal, professional manner, and you guys screwed me up. Uh, <laughs> well, jeez, um, I don't even remember where I was. Um, well, it's different in what we've read before, except well, Monster is a seinen. It's a, it's obviously a seinen manga. It is extremely but a very different category. Very different obviously. category. I mean, Monster had its violent moments, but if you guys are reading along with us, I don't think I need to say this, but it's probably like it's extremely gory and violent and graphic in many ways. Love it. Um, <laughs> probably the most graphic thing we'll read for this uh, podcast, I imagine. Yeah. Certainly, much more. Uh violent stuff out there but yeah right this is about the limits of my tolerance not that i just say that in a bad way there are just a lot of kind of uncomfortable kind of i say uncomfortable is like the nicest way to put it scenes um and stuff yeah, like that like you open the first volume and you're like make sure you're not in a public place yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah and and i don't mean to be like oh this is so this is too extreme for you but i've, I've read a little past where we are now and um 
Yeah, it's uh It doesn't get better. No. <laughs> it, it 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 gets much worse if anything. Um but I think uh beyond all the blood and gore, there's actually uh a lot of interesting stuff going on with the story and characters and stuff too, which um I've heard a lot of good things about Berserk. Um I mean mostly people mention the art first and foremost, which is really, really good. Um, even early on with these, with these, uh, first three volumes we read, um, and I've seen some of the later stuff too, but honestly, like I, I, I'm no expert on art or anything, but I had no problems with, with the, uh, the work in these, in these first few chapters we read. Um, but people also talk about like, you know, the interesting story and stuff. And I could definitely see, uh, you know, just kind of the beginnings of how this plot was going to, was going to play out. And it's actually, I think we got a pretty good look at the general, pretty good feel for the general tone of the series. Um, and, uh, some of the big players. And, um, I guess I'll just generally throw it out there to you guys now. Um, uh, but I guess to Walter first, since, uh, I think you read this, you actually read quite a bit of this manga before, right? A couple of years ago. Um, not, not a lot. I've read pretty much about, probably about as much uh, as we read for this, you know, the equivalent of the first three volumes. I don't think I got, maybe I, maybe I got into the golden age, which is probably the most famous arc that, that, that was the basis for like, uh, the adaptations yeah. usually. Yeah. Um, I think I, maybe I got into it, but didn't, I know I did not finish it. Um, so I didn't get too far in it. Um, but that, yeah, it was definitely a few years ago. Um, definitely not very fresh in my mind. Um, there were like, cer- there were certain panels where I like saw, it and I was like, Oh, that kind of rings a bell. Right. Um, but in particular, I, I read this, um, when I, when I previously read it, um, this was before I was really uh, reading comics in general regularly mm-hmm. again. So it's kind of interesting, you know, like I'm sure that when I read it originally, the art made an impression on me, but I didn't really think about it as much. I wasn't like thinking as like a you know, comic reader, a comic reader. And so now this time around, I definitely did pay more attention to that aspect of it. And yeah, mirror is just astounding. Um, it is so detailed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just look at uh, someone's armor, even a, even in a scene where people are just running at each other on horses and stuff, you see uh, just this incredible detail picked out in the, in the armor and um, the weapons people are wielding. Um, and even the, the demons too. Some of the demons have really interesting kind of like, what's like appendages and stuff that just oh man it's, <laughs> it's so weird like i don't i don't know how like i mean i can't see how someone could create this but like there's just so many wild designs it's it's out it's so out there right yeah um, i i will say like since we're like on the topic of art mm-hmm. there was one thing that i noticed um the how like the openings of chapters had a sort of a different art style you know is mm. darker kind of like more photorealistic more heavily mm. inked and well, i didn't really care for that as much well i think that comes from the uh, colored color. pages 
colored. Yeah, it, it yeah. used to be colored, and then now it's in black and white. Yeah, I think sometimes when they reproduce those color pages in black and white volumes, they just do that kind of heavy shading thing. Well, I think right. it's just like run or, through grayscale. Oh, yeah, that could sort of thing. Yeah, but it, it also like I, I don't know. Like I'm looking, um, like at the start of the second chapter, there's like one page that you can kind of see where it's more photorealistic. It has Puck mm. sitting like by a bird and it, it's kind oh, of like yeah. a really different art style than mm. I, I know the page you're talking about actually, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess perhaps, um, not just like the fact of his colored, but, um, yeah, I, he did do some shift in the style. And I, I get what you're uh, pointing out with that. Um, I, I kind of, at this point, like I kind of, when I read something and there's like the obvious like color page, oh, or what you, I can be like, oh, this used to be, you know, um, in color. I kind right. of, I do kind of like just gloss over that um, and don't normally I don't think too much about it, but I think in that ca- in this case it was kind of to my detriment because now that you mentioned, I do remember it wasn't just that um, aspect of it being kind of uh, seeing all the grayscale and all that. I guess he, he did make some sort of uh, shift, as mm. you said, with the style that I, I can definitely see that being a bit off-putting. Um, I think in my case, I just since I just glossed over it, I didn't really like pay attention to it. I was just like, oh, okay, colored page. But yeah, I think I think some like it might be you know some might prefer that style. You know, some might wish that the book looked more like that more often. You know, yeah. Um, but I just really really enjoyed kind of the the I guess like quote unquote normal style that the book used. Like it's it's um. I guess just like normal look. I, I it looked really good a lot. There was a lot of really cool imagery. Yeah. Um, the way he drew guts with uh, and like his various like states, you know, cloaked on. Un- yeah. Uncloaked. I don't know. He's just like a very striking figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like really mythic, I guess. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and for the time it was first drawn, which um, you know, it started in the late '80s. Um, I'm not super familiar with a lot of 80s manga, but um, it kind of, I mean, besides some maybe, you could maybe draw some comparisons to like Fist of the North Star. Um, And even that's kind of tenuous. It it really kind of looks a lot different than stuff back then, I feel. It kind of, it doesn't look as um, dated, I guess I want to say, kind of like reading that first volume, you know what I mean? It kind of... It's definitely aged very well. Right. Yeah, it kind of has this this look that's kind of out of its time for uh, when it was drawn, which, you know, I could have believed I was reading this, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it really it, it really doesn't look like kind of the general 80s manga art style. Um, well, I I personally can't weigh in too much on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not that familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, you could look at something like JoJo and you say, oh, that's that's just a fist of the nurse. Especially that's the first, true. you know, you say that's a lot of stuff um, kind of aped fist of the North Star for a while. Um, a lot of stuff kind of looked like Robotech um, in that period, like anime wise. Um, so I'm kind of combining my my knowledge of those things. I could be wrong, um, but my understanding is that, you know, Mira's style is just very. And just while I was reading it, you know, it's very striking. Um 
it's a, uh, yeah. And it's probably the most, I want to say the most like detail, like attention to detail, painstaking art I've seen in a manga we've read for this, this podcast. Um, I guess it's like compared to, uh, like mere, uh, one, one punch, punch man. man. Yeah. I was, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, one punch man is probably the same level. Yeah. And I think, you know, the level of uh, detail is very important because, you know, obviously primarily, primarily Berserk is a dark fantasy series um, as dark fantasy, you know, it's got a horror element to it. And, um, you know, horror in Japan, um, whether it's in film or in comics, um, you know, it's got that like body horror aspect to it. Right. And, you know, that's part of what makes it so disconcerting. You know, these, when you, when, uh, Mira like draws these demons and all that, you know, they don't look like, um, demons as, you know, like a Western audience. Like, yeah. you know, there was kind of with the, uh, goats minotaur kind but, of thing. um yeah. but yeah you know they, they generally don't look you know like the western it's more just like these <sighs> grotesque um horrors otherworldly <laughs> just disgusting and to drive that home the more detailed you make it the more yeah. it just makes you go Ugh. yeah they just look slimy some <laughs> yeah. of them um some of those members of the god hand which are these um demons that appear in the third volume uh, towards the end. Um, uh, some of them kind of look like, uh, I want to say there's like a Lovecraftian feel to them. Mm-hmm. Um, with, I mean, some of them have tentacles, but they're not very long. I mean, they're not just like Cthulhu ripoffs or anything. It feels kind of more like kind of a, one of them kind of looks like an alien. Like it's kind of hard to describe, but like, I definitely get the Lovecraftian feel, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like he's just aping mm-hmm. that kind of eldritch horror thing. Yeah. Um, Cause they kind of, they kind of appear in this like MC Escher, like geometric void space or something. Yeah. Non, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that has to be, that has to, I think, I mean, that whole section had to be my favorite part, I think of the, of the read through that we had just because Me too. It, it just went so out there. So off yeah, the just wall. went definitely went an area where you weren't expecting it to. Yeah. And yeah. the designs for the God hand were all great. Um, you know, the one I think you were referring to that, um, kind of looks like one. a, well, there was that one, but the, there was the like Martian esque one that yeah. was like the brain, and then his eyes yeah. were sewn shut. And yeah, it's really interesting. I thought that was really interesting. That, yeah, that final you had volume. That, you had that one that was like the superhero knight guy, uh, Griffith. Um, yeah, who looked very um, just he uh, he kind of reminded me of um, I, I think the. Is it Gotcha Man, the the like bird superhero? Yeah, I'm somewhat fam- I'm somewhat familiar with that. Yeah, kind yeah. Of like a... That's what it reminded me of. Um, it's like if you took the outline of that and then filled it in with, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because um, Griffith is like, uh, and he, I even knew this before I started reading Berserk. You know, Griffith is kind of like this antagonist figure, a pretty important central figure for this entire story. And it's cool that uh, so early on you get this kind of evocative scene with him and Guts, and that kind of pulls you in to know to you know wondering like what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, 
this is crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, I knew it was crazy, but I guess I didn't really, because just whenever that scene starts where they take that, I forget the word for it, but it's whatever lets them enter that other dimension. When that started, I was like, whoa, this is, this is on a different level than I was expecting. I thought it, I thought it just had demons. I didn't know it involved like demonic, uh, like Eldritch rituals and entering other dimensions and um, hell being a swirling void of uh, skeleton zombie monsters trying to grab you. Uh, Just a lot of interesting kind of scary imagery um, that uh, is really unlike uh, uh, anything I've seen in comics to this point. I mean, like it's, it's definitely not something you come across in anime and manga a lot. This kind of story, I guess, that's just kind of serious, kind of straightforward. Well, maybe straightforward isn't the word. But uh, these a lot of these fantasy stories in manga and anime now are usually like these kind of like MMO game things that are usually more lighthearted and stuff. I think Berserk is kind of the pinnacle of the dark fantasy story. I mean, uh, I want to say even outside of uh, the you know, the medium of manga, it's, uh, it's pretty, um, up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it is interesting, like to try and trace some of the influences. I think that there's definitely some of that, like Lovecraftian stuff there for sure. Um, but it, it has a definitive kind of like Japanese flair to it. Uh, and, you know, it's really interesting that that like opening where the book opens, where um, Guts is basically I mean, he, he's having sex with a woman, but then she like turns into a demon, um, yeah. <laughs> which like that scene is um, that reminded me I, I read all of the Dark Tower books okay, in the past yeah. year and like mm-hmm. something, something essentially like similar happens in the in the first book of that series um Mm. not that i necessarily think that um that was like influential for it yeah 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 but i just thought it was like you know an interesting (laughs) because i mean like that's the having intercourse with demons is a (laughs) i I was gonna say you know that's a common thing it's a a classic pastime classic uh but i mean but you know i i'm sure like as far as stories with demons go um you know i as uh, throughout history i'm sure that's like an aspect of that right go ahead walter oh i was just gonna mention um it is very I, i i really enjoyed it i thought it was great it is oppressive. I don't know how, you know, Emily continued on just reading more and more. I was like, I enjoyed that. I need a bit of a break for now. No. Uh, and and I, <laughs> I, I like, you know, pretty, some pretty, you know, heavy stuff normally, but it's, man, it was. That, that third volume is something else. Yeah. That scene is kind of like, it's heavy, but in a kind of like cosmic way. It's kind of like, whoa, there's way more going on here than just. This is going all the way up to like gods and like yeah. and, and beyond. And and normally like you know a character like Puck I just find insufferable in any other like story. But now I'm like it's kind no. Of necessary. I I'm think. like no. Yeah. I need I I need Puck, <laughs> and I'm afraid to like go to the like the uh, flashback because it's like 
Well, there's, there's no puck to lighten things up. Well, not to spoil it too much, but the Golden Age arc, what I've reading so far, I'm pretty far into it. <clears throat> um, it's it's definitely more lighthearted than those first. Okay, I say let. <laughs> I I so, say lighthearted so relatively the la- speaking. The last the last page of volume three was. Uh, implying uh, guts getting raped as a child so it's comparatively lighthearted. you're saying i'm saying when we get into his adolescence he starts okay. to meet people he, so so not everybody don't worry like if you're worried that this is some grim i i try not to overuse this word but i could certainly see people using it for this um some grim dark thing that just never lets up and like everybody is obsessed with killing and stuff that's not the case there are definitely good characters um there's, you know, moral depth to, to guts, um, believe it or not, <laughs> at least early on in, earlier on in his life, um, and to some of the other characters, too. So it's not this thing where you're like, oh, enough of this. I need some positivity. There's definitely, like, you know, moments of levity. But, yeah, I mean, it is overall a very dark story. Have you, I guess um, I'd be interested. Have, you, have either of you read much of Attack on Titan or... Um, I've seen like 10 episodes of the show I haven't read or watched any of it I read I did like four volumes of it for the original um, right for the uh, column yeah and uh, that it was that like kind of what you were describing Mm. that that, like grim oppressive never lets up and Mm. I kind of just had to like step away from it because it was just so dark and (sighs) bad right. all the time so it isn't maybe nice to hear that this isn't that all the time well don't don't let me steer you too much in like thinking that it's easy reading i mean it's still <laughs> okay. but i i just don't want you to think that oh this guy is you know there's no like everyone in this world is like i mean i i can't honestly it's probably the darkest world i've ever read about i mean even like game of thrones is like child's play compared to this i mean that's like a that's like a land of like lollipops and candy and compared to uh berserk but um yeah no i i guess that maybe i was just in the mood for something like this i i kind of can't really put it down um spoilers i really liked it a lot uh, <laughs> i think most of us uh yeah i guess we just agree, got, yeah. haven't quite uh settled on that i yeah i agree i really enjoyed it um yeah, I I liked it a lot too. Um, but I was kind of like too much. No, it wasn't. I was just like when I when I got to the end, I was like, okay, yes, I I need to be at the end of this for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I can get being and not being in the right headspace for that. Yeah, maybe I just am, and um, also, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is like because I could see myself in other circumstances being like, yeah, this is maybe a bit too much to just binge, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's really great. And, um, it, it helps that it also reminds you of a, of a game series I really love, which is the dark souls bloodborne bloodborne isn't a series, but from software games, you know, they clearly, um, and I don't know if the creators have said this, but, um, very berserk. Like it's like a lot of the enemy designs kind of remind you of some of the, uh, villains in Berserk and just just the tone of the world is kind of similar, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of a that's kind of a pro for me personally. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're if 
you're not in the right headspace if you're if you're not like yeah if if you're just not in the right place for that kind of story it's uh yeah definitely not something you want to read a whole lot of <laughs> yeah it's it's like if you're if you know you're coming off of lycopene the, the <laughs> moment to, 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 to <laughs> um into berserk it's a little it's a little jarring a little, a little bit <laughs> a little wow yeah now that is, that is probably the most that's a pretty good uh, like whiplash comparison right there. <laughs> we'll get more into that later, though. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, um, Mira is reportedly oh. a huge fan of, I think it's Idolmaster. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if it's. I'm see. I didn't really do much research into this. I just hear a lot of jokes about how Berserk's on hiatus again because uh, Mira is into this idol game or something, which is hilarious because you couldn't. I mean, an idol game couldn't be any more different than a chapter of Berserk. Uh, but I haven't actually read anything official on that. I'm just kind of going by word of mouth on this one. But I find it. I, I kind of want to believe it's true because it's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. It's probably one it's probably one of those like exaggerated um just jokes among the fandom or something. Maybe probably isn't like obsessed with it, but it's still a funny little detail. Right. Right. <clears throat> Do we have any other uh lingering thoughts or things we want to bring up about Berserk? Um just that I'd like to continue it. Probably not right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Your loss. <laughs> uh, it is a pretty big commitment. Just there's what 37, 38 volumes. There's thirty nine right now, 39, okay. and then um, I think though that uh, and this is pretty rare for translated manga in the U.S. I find um, I think they're actually Dark Horse is actually pretty up to date on it. Mm. Um, like they're not ten volumes behind like a lot of other. Uh, Siri, uh, like English localizations are here. Well, they've had um, time to catch up. That's true. Yes, it also helps that Berserk is. It's just whenever I guess Mira can or wants to draw it, <laughs> which he can do because he's Kentaro Mira. <laughs> Basically. Um. Uh. Yeah. So it's it's pretty um well available um via Dark Horse uh, and now it's digital, which is great. Yeah, it was only recently uh, released digitally, correct? Right. Yeah. That right. Because um, I do not need more things to put on my shelf, especially not after One Piece. Um, that was that might have been a mistake <laughs> <laughs> as far as shelf space is concerned. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think we all we pretty we give this a pretty hearty recommendation if you're into dark fantasy and um, very dark. Very dark, yeah. Um, this is not for the weak of heart. I don't mean that as like an insult or anything. Like, uh, it's it's pretty rough stuff. You got to be tough like us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We read Orin High School Host Club. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> only the, only the toughest can enjoy the hooligans of um, hooligans. Oran. <laughs> of Oran. Yeah, only the the real Naruto boys. And girls. <laughs> Well, I'm the Berserk girl, so... Um, berserk, berserk girl. <laughs> Zach's the Naruto boy. Walter, you're the... I'm currently unaffiliated. I'm, I'm, you, I'm looking into my you're, options. you got to pick a series that you're going to just uh, shill for. Um, the, like the hill you will die on. Right. 
Well, I can't, I can't say this uh, for sure yet because I haven't read any of it. But uh, next week, we not next week, next month, we will be uh, talking about Goodnight Pun Pun, uh, which is by Inyo Asano. For t- uh, not really uh, letting up from the heaviness, it is. I do not know very much about the series, but I hear it is quite a downer, so to speak, um, at points. But it's probably not like. It's not blood and guts. Yes, it's gory. A di- it's a it's a different kind of heavy. So right, right. We can we can be mentally distressed in a variety of ways on the Multiversity Manga Club. Mm, can't wait. So we'll be talking about that next month, and we'll take a quick break before we come back to talk about this past month in Weekly Shonen Jump. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commandy. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow and iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, welcome back. Uh, as usual, we're going to finish up the podcast by talking about some of the uh, highlights, maybe lowlights of the uh, past month in Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, this month uh, was the First one in a while, I think, that we had a new batch of their jump starts, you know, series that are just kind of starting off to see what stays and what goes in the magazine. Uh, we had a batch of three. Um, first of which was Lycopene, the Tomatoy Poodle, um, another called Full Drive, and another called uh, Golem Hearts. Um, Lycopene, I don't know about you guys, it's the sort of thing. I kind of want to see more in the magazine. Yeah. I just wish it was better. Yeah, Definitely. exactly. Cause it, right. Cause it had, it had this kind of like animal crossing feel. Like I, I kind of wanted to think, Oh, it's just going to be kind of a cute, lighthearted, uh, kind of humor, uh, story. Um, and it definitely, it definitely was, uh, I want to say quote unquote comedic, uh, but I didn't really find it particularly funny. um, and that's putting aside the difficulty that I feel like they had in translating and kind of localizing the jokes because there were a lot of Japanese cultural references, which, you know, is fine. It's not a problem. It's just that, unfortunately, you know, average Americans aren't going to know Japanese actors uh, and, like, singers from the 70s and 80s. So what what the manga did, what the, what the localization did was... Um, to basically just put footnotes for these jokes, which I think um, kind of, you know, it's, it's, hampers the joke, pretty much like kills the joke. Right. It's, <laughs> it's hard to say. Do you want to like have the original joke and just have to accept that a lot of people aren't going to get it? Or do you want them to try to change the joke? What's really, the, yeah. it, it's tough. You know, translating humor is always really difficult yeah i feel like and they 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 i feel like they made a valiant effort i mean they they pretty much probably just had to pick a solution and stick with it and i think 
I think they did as good as they could. But actually, one of the things I wanted to talk about is I don't know if they necessarily had to pick. Now, this no? is this is going a bit above and beyond um, for just like part of this anthology for one new series that might not stick around. But I was thinking, since we're at least getting it digitally, well, would it be too much more effort to you do like your straight up translation of it and then do a, uh, then do a, um, more like an, like an localized, edited, localized, yeah, yeah localized, more more localized one. You know that's not. I I know this. This is probably like <clears throat> well, how you would implement it would be difficult, but I think that would be one satisfactory way to do it. You could yeah. have the two options. You know, of course that's of course that's uh, much more expensive if you are like actually printing it. You know, that's yeah, literally twice right. the cost. Um. Digitally, though, but that's that's just something that was on my mind when I was reading it. I was like, you know, I wonder if we could do something like this. Well, I know something they do with uh, now. This is this is different. This isn't like editing to quote unquote make it better. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes what they do, if there's a mistake in um, like a, a digital, like a, a something in Shonen Jump digitally, like a One Piece, maybe they translated a name wrong. They will change it for the print run. And that's what you were talking about saying that they could maybe do a print version where it was more localized. Um, but you're right. It might not be the case. Like it might just be all digital. So yeah, that would be different. Um, Another thing that I've noticed too, and I, I don't know if this happens, like this is a very common thing, but in um, the, like the digital, like we leash and jump issues where they're, you know, translating it as it's coming out. Um, the sound effects are always in Japanese still, but right. I think a lot of times when they collect those in yes. paperbacks, they'll convert the sound effects. They over. do. I know that's true for One Piece at least, and I'm pretty sure that would probably be true for most of the stuff currently being probably, being yeah. produced. Yeah. yeah. So those are things that you know that take a little bit more time. So I would be really interested to see if you know like whatever you know whatever circumstances need to happen that we end up getting lycopene books yeah like it, it's like a, a, a thing that could take off really well for you yeah. know, some of the reasons we've listed i could see them rewriting the jokes for a more western audience for the collected edition yeah now that you met i now that you mentioned that that's a good idea i hadn't i hadn't thought about uh comparing it to the changes that are made between you know when it's first in weekly shown and jump in the U.S. Um, versus when the actual volume comes mm. out, you, know, you mentioned the sound effects. So I, yeah, that's a good point. I now I am curious to see what the first volume of Lycopene looks like if it gets printed. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, I didn't really feel super strongly about it. I think there were some weird tonal inconsistencies i thought like some of the humor would be really light and then they'd suddenly do like a sex joke or uh something like kind of raunchy and i didn't really think it made sense but it overall it didn't really offend me but i i don't think i think i would probably just keep reading it if it was in there just because it's kind of light and easy to read but i don't think i would really be looking forward to it necessarily one of my favorite things that i thought really kind of like captured 
what I wanted the book to be, I get, or, you know, like its potential and like, mm-hmm. like what its humor kind of was to me is like, I think it was at the beginning of the second chapter, um, on kind of like the title page, there's like this, this first, there's this like picture of lycopene. It's like saying all of this like cute, sweet stuff about it. Mm-hmm. And then you like turn the page and it's like a cross section where you're like looking. Yeah, at yeah I like that funny. too. Yeah. <laughs> like this is kind of a little like grotesque and morbid, but really in like, a like funny kinda, way. I kind of want it to be a little wackier, I guess. It, it kind of, besides them being animals living in this kind of utopia, it was really just kind of like, oh, he has a girlfriend and they have cell phones and um, they have jobs. Uh, yeah, I think they, <laughs> I, th- I think they didn't really lean into the absurd Surreal, as much yeah. as they could have. Like, I think if, if they did it a bit more, it would have uh, driven – it would have made the contrast like more amusing, more funny. Yeah. But when it was kind of like every now and then, um, it it just kind of yeah, it made it kind of more distracting almost. Yeah. Just kind of like what? Yeah. Rather than it, it didn't feel as cohesive. Right. Well, uh, the next uh, jump start that um, began, I think, a week after Lycopene started. Uh, was uh, Full Drive, which was a uh, table tennis-themed manga, which I think actually... <laughs> it's, the, it's the second jump start that has been about table tennis. I forget <laughs> I forget the name of the one from, I think it was two years ago. Um, but you loved it. It was great. Oh, that, no, I'm forgetting what that was, but yeah. That was the one with like the guy who is like, super enthusiastic. Like, you know, table tennis was his life, and he didn't have time for anything else in life, and it was hilarious. Uh, this, eh. It was totally by the books, I felt. It was, just personally, I didn't feel like there was anything special about it. Um, besides maybe there being a female rival, but yeah, it's just about a kid who wants to get good at so, uh, at table tennis. And surprise, surprise, he's more than he seems. Right, like, you know, he, he's got some kind of lineage, uh, some important lineage, as regards table tennis, like his grandfather was a great table tennis player and he comes to Japan and he meets this girl who's at a table tennis school, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it didn't really grab me. How about you, Zach? Yeah, same. I mean, it, it hits a lot of the same story beats and tropes that we've seen in some of the sports manga we've already read. Um, yeah. yeah. Either in weekly Shonen jump or, you know, we did Haikyuu. Um, but I didn't think it did it in a in a way that was particularly unique or interesting. Yeah, and especially for these uh, sports series where it's not really a team thing, and like you're kind of doing like one person versus one person. Like you really have to be have good characters. Like if you don't, who's going to care about this? Like especially like when you're something like table tennis, where you can really only have I think maybe one or two other opponents. I don't know. I don't know much about that sport, but. Uh, it just feels like, especially with these characters, and granted, there's only been two chapters out, but it's just like, eh, this isn't really, not really feeling it. Um, and if I have to deal with these, only these two people for like 10 chapters, I'm not really feeling that excited. Yeah, it's it's just very average so far. <clears throat> it, I, I'd probably continue reading it if it was in the magazine, um, but... I'm certainly not excited about it. And there, 
There just really isn't yeah. much to say about it at this point. Yeah, and that's almost the worst thing you can say about a series. Yeah. That it's it's almost worse when it's just kind of boring and average than if it's like really terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think objectively, I probably like this better than Lycopene, but there's just more to say. About yeah, Lycopene. Lycopene at least was a bit different than the average. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't also wasn't super great. But yeah, this just kind of is kind of forgettable, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the art was the art was good. Yeah, that was probably the best part. Yeah, it looked good. It had that kind of like what we've talked about when when we talked about like Haikyuu and we talked about um, robot laser beam. It did have a bit of that like you can feel the force and the punch. You know when you, when these things happen, so it's, it's at least got that going for it, um, which is it, it's has that kind of dynamic feel. It doesn't blow me away like uh, those other two comparisons do, but you know, again, of course, IQ is one of the most popular and acclaimed sports manga, sports manga right of now. recent times, and Robot Laser Beam is by uh, the guy who did Slam Dunk, one of the other. It was slam dunk, right? Um, yeah, or, I think so. Or I'm sorry, I can't remember. There, it's one of those Kuroko's. One, one of the basketball. Uh, ones. I'm pretty sure you're right um, that it's. Slam but dunk. you know, a, a veteran, um, right? So you know, comparing it about against them, I guess, might not be too fair. Um, the third one this month, which has only had one chapter for it, um, it's called Golem Hearts, and. I gotta say, I I liked it a good bit. Like, it's not, it's nothing special. It, it's fairly, I don't want to say it. It it feels familiar. Yeah, but there's it, something about it that I really like. That I can't it, quite put. It my kind of it kind of feels like a Saturday morning cartoon almost. Like I kind of felt reading it like how I used to feel when I would watch like Pokemon. Uh, for some reason, it just kind of had this like whimsical kind of silly. Uh, style to it, I guess, and and the dialogue and the characters kind of felt that way to me. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked some of the character designs. It was it was a pretty uh, yeah the the I guess he must have been professor the, the guy who created the golem yeah he the, he, the he had a really good like sharp design yeah. between his like nose his mustache <laughs> the fact that he was always smiling. Yeah, he kind of reminds you of like a Mega Man character or something. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's that's a good comparison. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's really great. There, like a, and, yeah. Well, there, I mean, there is almost kind of like a... That's interesting that you bring that up because there is kind of like a Dr. Like, Light, Mega right. Man vibe that's thing true. going on with like the creation and the creator, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Also, like, a, you know, there's like hints of Pinocchio. Yeah. And, um, Astro Boy. Yeah, Astro Boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that in there. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cute. Um, and I, I thought it was a pretty pretty decent uh, first chapter. And I, I was uh, more enthusiastic, though, until I read the final panel. And I should have known better because my, my thoughts were that... From what I was what I was gathering from what I'd read that thus far, it seemed like, oh, the old guy, the professor, he's doesn't even look that old, but whatever. Uh, the professor and the um, the kid uh, are gonna like go off on an adventure and become stronger together. So I thought it would be neat. Like, okay, it's a shonen story. There's a young boy, but he's traveling with this older guy uh, who's like his father figure. That could be kind of neat. But then the final line is something like, 
then it was the last, you know, summer they'd ever be together. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess they're not going to travel together. Hmm. Probably going to have some tragic death. Well, I don't see, I don't feel like he's going to die because he has to draw on him, right? I mean, he has to activate his powers by drawing. Probably, maybe he'll teach him how to do it himself. Oh, jeez, you're right. Damn it. <laughs> that was a really cool thing, too. I thought, I mean... There's a lot of really cool storytelling potential with that. Absolutely. And it feels like it has a lot of heart to it. Yeah, it was cute. And it was pretty heartfelt for a first chapter for characters I didn't even really know. I kind of felt like it was a little bit more genuine um, emotionally. Yeah, I I think I was coming into this. I was a little more lukewarm on it. But talking with you guys about it, um, I actually think... I enjoyed it more than I realized. <laughs> we, can, I know, we can be very persuasive. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, because sometimes you'll read something and you're like, yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. But then someone will recontextualize or describe it for you. And you're like, oh, yeah. But at the same time, I'm still waiting for the day when we will be totally divided on something. <laughs> it's just going to like, we're like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I think the I think the last thing I have to say about Gollum Hearts um, is, you know, we, we've mentioned with some other series how sometimes it can be hard to get a bearing because just the nature of um storytelling in manga in contrast to american comics you know it's much more decompressed so it's, it's sometimes hard to like even when they have like these three chapter jump starts you still kind of just kind of getting a feel for it still yeah um whereas i thought this was one of the best first chapters of a manga i've read um just it really kind of it told like kind of a complete story yeah. in the sense of, you know, there was a conflict, there was and a conflict, there was a resolution. Yeah. Um, it, it, I felt like it gave me a good idea of the world. There was a bit of like the word dump at the beginning of, yeah, it was Oh, fine. in this world, there are golems and blah, 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 blah. But it, it, it did a lot with the space that it had. I felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So next I was thinking we would uh, talk about food wars. We've, Mention it from time to time. Um, it's one of our, it's one of my uh, personal favorites, though it has its ups and downs. But this month in particular was a very strong month for it. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys agree. Oh yeah, it was a, um, it was a pretty interesting match that uh, was going on this past month. Um, I kind of feel like the past couple of uh, chapters or matches before this one were a little bit, um, uh, I guess, not really worth devoting part of the podcast to. But this one in particular kind of involved this um, trick that this character, uh, Aizan, uh, played on the um, one of the Resistance members, Aldini. Uh, and the gist of it was basically that uh, during their Shokugeki, uh Aizan would uh, go first and feed the judges artichokes, which would mess with the flavor of Aldini's dish, which was pizza. And it kind of eventually... He played himself. Yeah, it turned into this kind of swirly, like, uh, you know, all according to Keikaku thing, where uh, Aldini was basically, had basically uh, foreseen what Aizan would do and uh, counteracted and ended up winning. And it was just kind of a neat... uh, kind of back and forth because um before this and I, I haven't read the entire series but before this i had never really seen someone actively try to sabotage uh someone's dish like during the tasting part so with their own food yeah yeah 
rather than like messing with their supplies or anything like that. Right. Just actually like what I made will make your stuff taste worse. And, and yeah, yeah. That, that was really neat because like it, it's always interesting seeing like the kind of recipes that come up. It's like, ooh, that sounds interesting. That sounds right. like it could be tasty. Oh, I wouldn't have thought about these two things together. But this is one of the first times I remember being like, okay, what is actually happening when they're cooking is interesting from a story perspective. Yeah. Like it, it made it like exciting um, to uh, in a different way than it usually is. Yeah, because they also showed how Aizan had used this tactic to kind of move up in the culinary world. Um, there was a chapter where it kind of went into how he uh, had, I guess gained control over or like basically stolen customers from other restaurants by using this kind of manipulative method where he'd feed like people coming in to try food, something that would make the neighboring restaurants like sample food taste really bad. And then he'd consult with that restaurant and be like, Oh, well you guys should come under my wing. And and he would make money that way by like, I guess, acquiring people from other restaurants. So yeah, it was kind of a well thought out. I thought, um, uh, plot point there. Which, of course, ended up, you know, going up in flames. But what can he do? He's a bad guy. He's probably the first Food Wars villain that might actually try to kill someone. <laughs> um, he does seem got... crazy. Oh, man. I love his faces, though. He's pretty hilarious. Yeah, the... Um, and that, that, uh, that is part of what made it so much more interesting as well is... You know, we mentioned um, it's uh, Sakai, right? The artist. Um, yeah. He, he's very talented. Um, and in particular, he seems to have a lot of fun with Aizan, just like drawing his like reaction. Oh, yeah. He draws like, such he, ugly faces for him. When he's trying to look insidious, yeah. when he's looking outraged, you know. Yeah. That, that really made just these past few chapters like part. That was part of what made them just Entertaining. so fun to follow. Along. Yeah. He's such an asshole. It's just so good to. <laughs> It's good to see him. It's fun to see the bad characters get beaten down is kind of the simple, uh, I think, takeaway from that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But in this current uh, team one, we've got two more to go. So it'll be interesting to see how those uh, right. play out. I'm not. We've got the pastry uh, girl. I know Momo. her first name is Momo. Her last name is quite long and I can't remember it. But um then it's uh, Tadakoro, who is uh, Soma's friend. She's kind of the milk toast, uh, shy girl with long hair. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I think I think. Um, and again, I haven't read the whole series, but I think this is kind of leading up into her kind of coming into her own. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is. I'm trying. I'm like kind of. Though thinking about this in a kind meta, of gamey way, like, yeah. Well, did, so Aldini just won, so does she have to lose? Like, you know, I think. Oh, well, see, I think she'll win, and then I think Soma might lose. Mm. Uh, I, mean, I I kind of hope you're right. I mean, I guess this isn't like it doesn't have to be a best two out of three sort of thing. I, I you know it technically isn't that I guess. So, um. I think I think I could see it going that way though, just with kind of how they've been building the momentum in the last few, yeah, um, like matches. Yeah, I think I I could see how they could tease us into thinking that you know they'll get a clean sweep, 
Right. Um, but then Soma blow it and it it being a thing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It could we'll go. See. I mean, it could, we're really bad at predicting how manga will go. So. <laughs> yeah, it's usually just completely out of our grasp for some Notorious. reason. <laughs> it's just like a cultural thing. Yeah. So we're going to also check in with the current longest running series. Oh my. Followed by um, one of the the sequel Newer. to one of the other yeah. long running series. Um, it's been a interesting month uh, or so for One Piece, Emily, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um there's uh well for one the most important thing is that uh Big Mom spoke words uh besides that, that we're not wedding cake. besides wedding cake that was kind of fun um that well, got she went back to it. that got me excited yeah and then uh yeah she was so she's been chasing um the ship for a while and she's got some of her uh, henchmen with her and Luffy ended up I think I mentioned this before but Luffy ended up getting separated from. The rest of the crew fighting this guy named Katakuri who has mochi powers. Mochi is like Japanese ice cream. It's so good. <laughs> it is good. I think it's good. Walter doesn't like it. I, I don't. Oh, it's. I don't dislike it. I'm just not like. It's okay. Yeah. And something that occurs to me is that during this fight, so Luffy has been you know using his rubber powers to beat up Katakuri, who's been using mochi. It's been attempting to. Mochi powers, uh, again, right, attempting. They've just kind of either been, like, bouncing off or dodging each other. And um, I don't know. Uh, this last chapter, it was pretty funny. But at some point, uh, Luffy gets covered in mochi and he just eats his way out. And it just made me think, why didn't he just do that from the start? Uh, <laughs> he could have just opened logic. his mouth huge and, and just ate all of eaten all of uh, his mochi. Well, I think that I, I, I kind of... <laughs> I've, I agree. I've agreed with you that, uh, that you know, Katakuri's kind of lame. You know, he's Stupid. all stoic and serious. But, yeah, but I think I think that was partially undone with this uh, last chapter, where all of a sudden he turned out to be a bit, you know, se- kind of secretly silly, but not in like the kind, not in the generic way you would normally see that. It's like, oh, yeah. well, actually, this person's silly. It's more just like he's kind of weird and yeah he's kind whole, of grotesque yeah actually. he's got this like scarf that covers up his mouth um and then he like takes it off to reveal he's got like this huge mouth that he just like munches on snacks on and it is it's kind I, of gross. I wasn't expecting that yeah um, yeah was like because i there's this bit where he's like going into his little house to yeah it's weird do something i'm like I, this is very weird i'm guessing that he's got his we'll see what's underneath the scarf and it'll be kind of as you said grotesque and that was right but it was also very goofy. yeah yeah it was goofy um so i think it's kind of one piece has been kind of dragging for me lately but i think it's kind of uh it's it's getting back to what makes it good um you know i had a kind of realization the other day that one piece is at its best when it's either trying to be funny or it's trying to be, you know, kind of uh, sentimental. The action isn't really what I care about too much in it. Uh, yeah, it, mostly because a lot is going on in a lot of the action scenes, right. and it's kind of hard to. Um, there are there aren't usually a lot of just like punching fights. It's usually, I mean, just like straight up just one person sure. punching another because people have such diverse powers and stuff. Uh, so. 
that might be an issue uh, because there's only so much you can do with certain powers. Um, sometimes it's hard to get, I think, I think he might've written himself into a corner with a couple characters. Like for example, uh, I mean, not to go off too much of a tangent, but like, for example, Robin, one of the straw hat crew members has this power where she can make her limbs sprout, like a, a limitless number of limbs sprout on another, like on an enemy. And so she could use that to like snap their neck basically. But what that means is she can't really fight, general like usually or like kind of in a long drawn out battle she either like one shots you or she can do nothing because like how do you really make it that into like a interesting fight um so i kind of feel like the powers are interesting but sometimes it's like how do you make this into a i say realistic quote-unquote realistic uh thing yeah so now that it's kind of focusing on amusing the audience again, I think it'll be a bit more fun to read. Yeah. Now, so checking in with the local uh, Naruto boy, how has Boruto <laughs> been going? Oh man, Boruto is such a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> he does all the good things. No, so um, <laughs> these like most recent chapters, I feel like the series is really kind of like starting to get a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're doing a really cool thing right now that I I feel like I don't I haven't seen very much um, where there's a cool synergy going on between the manga and the anime because mm-hmm. um, the manga started off so so kind of like kicking off the Boruto era there was a, a film like a, a, an anime film um, and the, the Boruto era is going to be the uh, next Ken Burns documentary by the yeah, way yeah for sure <laughs> um, so so the manga started off by adapting that film and then continuing the story after that but the anime takes place before the film it's like set when they're still like in the ninja academy or whatever right right um and so like this um they're starting to kind of like reference back to things that are currently happening in the anime right now um okay and kind of creating this like big cohesive story thing um so it's it's I feel like it's really kind of like starting to get exciting and interesting and move off into its own thing but it's it's also like like interesting stuff is happening with Boruto but you know cool things are also happening with the older characters too and continuing um like plot threads from from Naruto. It's um, Kakashi still there. Do you really want to know? It could be a spoiler. Um I'd like to know if he doesn't die. Do you, you want to know if he doesn't die? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> that's, I guess that's a weird way to, to, to have asked my, that question. Um, Let, let's let's go on with that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll stay. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay unspoiled for now. Okay. I'll protect you. Okay. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so this issue, like, it, this issue is good. I I'm really just like liking how this. Um, the artist who's taken over is kind of developing his own style. I, I forget the the artist's name. I'm having to look it up right now. I'm a bad. Uh, I'm a bad Naruto reader. Fan. Yeah, I'm a bad Naruto fan. Uh, Mikio Ikemoto. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is like definitely a distinctive style from um, Kishimoto's style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at first, I, I didn't really care for it that much, but it's kind of growing on me. Um, mm. But but yeah, this issue just like 
a lot of like threads from earlier arcs and and things are kind of like coming together in interesting way so i'm um i i look forward to this this book every month yeah it's really good and how how do you feel the uh, pacing is because i we don't talk a lot about the monthly books just because like you know for example well first of all a lot of them aren't very good um but (laughs) like you know seraph of the end for example i feel I, I can't get myself to care too much about it because it feels like so little happens and it's going at the same pace it, as a weekly, right? It, it feels like it um, at least like I, it, it just kind of feels bogged down and having it on a monthly basis. I think there's, you know, more pages, but it doesn't, I don't feel that much of a difference. Um, mm. Would you say this, uh, that Boruto moves at like a, good clip in that regard it's kind of interesting um i feel like the pacing is actually a lot closer to like an american comic okay that's that's what i was wondering monthly that comes out at a monthly pace um and it's a it's a little harder to gauge just because the the arcs play out a little bit differently. Like, um, you know, we're on chapter seventeen now. The first ten issues, I think, were adapting the movie, right. and so uh, since then we've gone through one other arc, and we're kind of, I guess, in like the third arc of the book. Which, when you think about, you know, American comics that run on you know an average of like six issues per arc, that's yeah. tracking pretty right normally um on average so yeah i feel like a a decent amount happens in each issue i don't um some i mean like sometimes i've noticed with some weekly books that i i feel you know like not a lot happens even in the course of chapters sure sure so i mean it is interesting how pacing we've talked about how decompressed manga can be. I don't feel like this is terribly decompressed. Okay. Cool. Well, speaking of pacing, there's definitely a bit of a shift in, uh, the month, this past month of a robot laser beam. Um, I'll say we, we finished up this little kind of mini arc, you know, with every, all the previous stuff seemed to take so long. And now we had this whole thing of them going to see, uh, the, Pro tournament, uh, Yozan. Yeah, Yozan, which yeah, which is, his, that, yeah. yeah, Yozan. That that was like probably what four or five chapters, right? If that, maybe maybe it's even. I mean, three. we say it took a long time, but I mean, this manga is only what some twenty some chapters yet. Yeah. I think it just hit chapter thirty with this. Week. Oh, see, that's yeah. not. I guess you know if you have this if you have this compiled in. Sorry, our dog just got up. <laughs> um, if you have this compiled in volumes, this would probably be a pretty quick read. It just, I think it just feels longer. And this right. is just true of a lot of series in general. It just feels longer when you're reading it weekly. But yeah, um, as Walter was alluding to, the last chapter uh, before this, the one that came out this week, uh, skipped ahead three years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about like putting in a time skip, like, cause, and again, this might be what you were mentioning about how it feels like it's been a longer time than it is. I feel like it's kind of at an awkward point to skip ahead. Like it's not hmm. early enough to, you know, you, you would see a lot of things where it's like the, um, you have like a very brief thing set in the past and then it's like, 
five years later. And that's when the majority yeah, of it's set. Yeah. Or on the other hand, where you've been going for a while. I, I feel it's at an awkward place for that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it was a bit bumpy, I think. Um, I don't think it was maybe the perfect transition. Uh, maybe the author um, just felt he couldn't really tell much more of that that high school story. Um, you know, which you can you can see as a pro or a con, I guess. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think I think uh, it was it was a little bit uh, maybe not fully advise advisable for him to do that. But it wasn't yeah. terrible. I mean, I was really surprised that he did that. Um, you know, Absolutely. we kind of get to the end of that chapter last week where you know he gives you you know the the kind of like three year time frame, and then it's like the last pages and then three years later and I was like, wow, he's really doing this. And, um, on one hand, I, I can kind of agree that it seems very rushed sort of. Um, but on the other hand, I think, you know, do we really want to read, uh, you know, potentially unlimited number of chapters of, of just, high just learning yeah. how to golf? Yeah. yeah. Basically. Cause that does like, take could, a long time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, I mean, he kind of like, even with the whole skipped, prodigy aspect. Yeah. He's, he's really skipped to the interesting part. I think. Yeah. Part. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. He's, that he's respecting my time, I suppose, <laughs> I guess is the, I don't, I don't mean that as an insult. I just I mean, really like if it's just going to be incremental ro- robo learning, incremental, just kind of stuff about golf. Uh, I think this is fine. I think we can fill in the gaps and say he learned a lot in high school and now he's in the pro level. So good. And this uh, latest chapter was, you know, the first chapter taking place after the time skip was a bit ridiculous. And I think that's a bit more of what the uh, series needs. Yeah. We had this whole dramatic entrance of them coming by skydiving I was like, this is stupid. It rules. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that part. <laughs> I know. I thought it, I thought it added a little bit of, um, cause I think it can be a little dry sometimes. I think, uh, just right. added a little bit of, uh, spice, I guess is the word. Cause you can, when you have like, you can have these like ridiculous situations happen and still have Robo himself be that kind of dry character yeah. which is what was going on with like you know oh robo yeah. doesn't think there's anything particularly weird he had to get here on time no yeah right but when the like kind of events themselves aren't that interesting the whole like shtick of him being kind of um dry just isn't really as amusing yeah and it it happened in like the last few <laughs> it happened in the last few panels of the of the yeah comic right i mean yeah you know he's you see him i mean he i guess apparently he's just really good friends with this emperor guy now they're just always flying around in the helicopter and they just so happen to be flying over the pro tournament that he signed up <laughs> did he like did he forget that he was in a tournament did he well they, they said something about they're running late from stopping to oh, help someone or something it's kind of like cool that, that he's friends with that crazy man now but um yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to more just random crazy stuff yeah. This is probably the craziest thing that's happened in the manga. Um, besides some of the shots have been a little bit out of this world. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to him surprising us in with other kind of weird stuff. Absolutely. I think those were the main things that we wanted to talk about this month. Obviously, more stuff came out, but that was what was most of note to us. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you had anything in particular that 
you loved this month, whether that was My Hero Academia, whether it was The Promised Neverland, whether it was We Never Learn. Of course, feel free to leave it in the comments. Let us know. We always check them. Um, I always do. I, I like, you know, the thing that people say, don't read the comments. I always read the comments. Um, right. And more particularly, refresh to see if there are comments. Um as a reminder, we mentioned this uh, in the first half. Uh, next month, we will be talking about Goodnight Pun Pun, uh, written and illustrated by Inyo Asano. And I think that's it for this month. Yep. Yeah. All right. See you guys next. Yep. See you guys later. Bye.